Well, I'm back. I hope you all had a great summer. We had some lovely hot weather, didn't we? And I hope you had a good one. And it's lovely to be back. And I'm really excited because my first guest is Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York. And she's here to chat to me about her first novel, Her Heart for a Compass, and lots of other things beside. So come and join us and get your cuppa. Well, I'm so thrilled to have you on, Sarah. This is really, really special. Now, have you got your cup of tea? Yes, I've got my cup of tea and I'm thrilled. And, and, and it's, it's so funny, Twiggy, to think you and I are doing a podcast together, isn't it? I mean, I all those years we've been together. I know. I mean, you're an icon. You're a legend of this country. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. but Yeah, you um... are. You are. You are. You are. <laughs> and, and I even wanted to know, oh, my goodness, am I still allowed to call you Twiggy? So, but oh, yes. Don't forget that you, in, I'm 61. And when. Well, um, I'm 71, so I'm 10 years older than you. You're not, are you really? I am, yeah. Wow. Anyway, so so <laughs> you so you are my sort of iconic person that would understand because I grew up with you. You know, I'd I say, at yeah, you. you're the age we, mm. when you were born. I would have been ten. Yeah, because we're ten years apart. Yeah, exactly. But you. So when when I hit the headlines in 1966, you would have been six. Oh, Bobby. Oh, bless. Oh, <laughs> little naughty. But 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 you went on and um, and so talking to you is r- really bringing back, um, evoking amazing memories of wonderful childhood. Oh, and, good. I'm um, glad. And because mum and dad died very early, and uh, and I, it's lovely to think of such happy times. And so you, to me, personified joy and happiness. Oh, well, that's very nice. You've yeah. touched my heart. That's, that's true. That's really nice. That's, that's lovely. No. Yeah, because you went, by the time you became a teenager, that whole 60s girly thing would have been very potent to a young teenage girl, even though I was in my 20s. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, we, I looked up to you because uh, mum went to live in Argentina. And, uh, and so I, I went through a very lonely period. And, of course, it was people like you that w- – w- were reaching to the young teenage market. Yeah, that must have been a really tricky time. I, I when I, I I did know that, but when I reread it, I you know I, actually I thought of because you were about twelve, yes, thirteen. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought of my I've got a granddaughter of six, and I you know you kind of relate it to little ones you know, so it must have been. But you stayed in touch and you went to visit, yeah? I did, yes, I did. But then yeah. we went to war, didn't we? Um, and m- oh. mum mum uh, became an Argentine and converted to Catholicism. And so I really didn't see her again really properly. Oh, but but, really but she was, I always um, adored her. She was a great vent vivant, you know. She, she. Yeah, I was, I thought that because I remember when, when we met, we were talking before we came on air so to speak, about meeting, I think the first first time I met you was at Billy Connolly's, lovely Billy and Pamela's. Mm. They were having a summer party. I, gosh, I can't remember how long ago, but it was quite a few years, about probably 20 years, I would think. And um, Well, I mean, Pamela, Pammy, uh, in, fa- in fact, I think Pammy made her thesis when she turned into to a psychologist about me. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do remember. I, I, I think 
I, I took a lot. I always remember uh, one of her great um, lines was she used to say to me, you're entitled to your feelings. So if you're in an yes. argument, um, you're able to say, excuse me, I have understood your point, but I'm also entitled to my feelings. Would you listen to mine? Absolutely. And I remember, she, I've never yeah. forgotten it. She's She helped me so much, Pammy. And I adore oh, I'm really good. Billy. Yeah. And we've kept in touch, but through birthday cards and birthday messages. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have, yeah, be, but, you know, they live in Miami now, I think. Well, somewhere on that coast, I'm not quite sure exactly. But we are loosely in touch. But I just, well, to me, he was one of the most brilliant performers ever. I don't think I've ever laughed so much I, I must admit, when I went to a Billy Connolly concert. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I, well, I must admit, Twiggy, that... Um, my next book, which I've already started writing and got a second book deal now. Good um, girl. Yeah, I, I've I've based one of the characters around Billy Brilliant. because I think he's done so well. And do you remember his wonderful banjo playing and um, how he oh, was so he's humorous supre- and supremely talented? Yeah. I mean, yeah. in all his documentaries he did on the bike, which were absolutely brilliant. No, he's brilliant. I love I loved him in John Brown as well. Yeah, he's a wonderful straight actor. He, I agree. But now, talking of books, one of the reasons we're talking is you're launching your first novel. I know you've written loads. I mean, I can't believe how many children's books you've written. That's, um, oh. I knew about Budgie. Budgie? Yeah, that's right. Budgie. That's right. Yeah. Budgie, the helicopter pilot. And um, because my granddaughter's got those <laughs> and what's what's your granddaughter's name can i send her a book oh please Joni. j-o-n-i like after Joni mitchell oh right okay good because i was a Joni mitchell fanatic and i called my daughter carly after carly simon who was my <laughs> other passion so when my carly got pregnant and had Joni, Joni was like top of the list for names after Joni Mitchell. But did your daughter not have something to do with it or your son? Oh, yeah, they picked it. But I think because uh, I, when Carly was little, I used to, you know, I used to play Joni Mitchell ad nauseum. I mean, I knew every lyric to every song. So she grew up as a Joni Mitchell fan. I, I love that. The, I love um, your daughter and mother relationship. I love that. Yeah, we well, you are very close to your girls, as, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, as <sighs> close as, as you are to I yours. Know. I know. It's a, when I meet people who, who've never had children, they don't quite understand because they're, oh, that's yeah. a vet. You've got a very posh cup. Mm, that's yeah. cool. Is that part of your collection it, you sell? It, it, sadly, this is not, but um, but because but, I couldn't find it here. But look at this teapot. Oh, that's gorgeous. Where's oh. that from? Well, I know, but this is this is Miranda Kerr for... That's um, gorgeous. Not that we shouldn't really be saying that because I want it to be mine, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but do, well, you, do, do you actually do cups and saucers as well as... Tea and biscuits. Yes, well, we're getting we're getting into cups and saucers. Oh, so you should. At the moment, it's just tea and biscuits, and then it's um, and we're getting into uh, really that we started with the Duchess collection as tea and biscuits, and then we go into China. Yeah, yeah, you must, yeah. you must. I hope so. And this is all to do with your charity Street Child, yeah. My, you're absolutely well done, Twiggy. Oh, oh goodness, poor I do you. my research. Yeah. I'm a good girl. Um, no, I didn't. I did. I'd read that ages ago. Actually. Well, w- what happened was it, during the the pandemic, I decided to start Sarah's Trust because mm-hmm. um, I think that when you are with certain charities, you have to keep to what the mission statement is. So yeah. uh, you, you get 
you get these people that say, I'm very sorry, but we only do homeless or we only do this or we only do that. So I decided, well, I'd never want to not be able to bring a smile to a child. And um, so I decided to start Sarah's Trust so that if, let's say, Twiggy, you said, well, I want to support children of Sierra Leone, I'd say, Mm -hmm. great, let's do it. Or if I wanted to support children um, in the local school down the road, in the Girl Guides, which we just did, I'd be able to do it through Sarah's Trust. So 100% of the money goes to the child. And um, and that was my my wish. So, How wonderful. Yeah, it was great. Well, good on you. Thank well, you. the more you can add to it, the better, because it's such a, you know, there's a lot, of, especially since we've gone through this unbelievable horribleness is the only word I can think of the last year and a half. Yeah. I mean, there's so many kids in, in you know, in trouble and, and, and really suffering. It's hard enough for children in, you know, happy homes and, and, you know, being looked after, but kids who are from poor backgrounds or countries that haven't, you know, got the means to look after them. It must be unbelievable. Well, I think um, the most important the, the most important thing um, is that uh, children need hope. And that's why I do story time with Fergie and friends. So your journey needs to go on YouTube. And Yeah, I, I didn't know about that, actually. Well, if you ever want another reader, I'd love to do yeah, it. Yeah, good. Would you? I'd love that. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. Because I read to Joan. Well, actually now, because she's six, she's just turned six, and it's a very proud moment because she last week she read me her book for the first time rather than me reading her. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, oh, do you only have one do you heart. only have one grandchild? I I've, I've got I've got one uh, one little girl and her brother is uh, a year and eight six months. What's his name? Theo and he is divine and then my stepson Lee's uh, do you remember Lee my husband? Yeah, yeah, his yeah. His son my stepson has got three. So we've we got a handful, wow. <laughs> and you you've just got your first, yeah. Yeah, I've got oh, August. Yep. Is he gorgeous? Then, yeah, he is. He is. Oh. But I'm but I'm very very proud of the way Eugenie is as a mother. I think that's what I really like to look at. I love to look at um, at Eugenie and say, you know, I'm so proud of you, Eugenie. Yeah, it's, you know, it's I know, incredible. It's, made, it's isn't it an amazing feeling when your little girl suddenly has a baby it's like and somebody said to me once wait till you have a great before I had grandchildren they said wait till you have a grandchild because when you fall in love you think that is love the greatest love then you have a child and that really is the deepest greatest love but when you have a grandchild it it kind of is triple fold and it really is I mean I am so obsessed with Joni, I, it's, uh, you know, I just, everything she does is amazing to me. Maybe it's because I'm not with her 24 hours, so I can enjoy the times I have with her. I don't know, It's you'll be experiencing it now with August there. Well, amazing. no, I, 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 I couldn't agree more, but I, I love seeing Eugenie. I, I, it is a very different feeling though, isn't it? You it go is. from when they get married to then they have their babies, as you rightly said. Yeah. But you really do have to learn a different way of dealing with them as yes, well, Yes, of don't course. You? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, but yeah. also what will happen, you'll see, they, as the kids grow a bit, you know, often Carly says to me, oh, mum, I can see now why you did this or said ah. that. 
I got a lot of that. And sometimes she she reprimands me and said, you know, you shouldn't have done that, (laughs) mum. Yeah, well, we get a lot of that. (laughs) We get a lot of that. But we're really, I mean, she's my best friend, Carly. And it sounds like you're two of yours. Completely. Best friends, yeah, completely. Have the exactly the same. I wonder if it's with our age. Do you think it is, Twiggy, that we were brought up in this age group about yeah. how to bring up children? Or Maybe. are we just brilliant mothers? Oh, we're, we're brilliant. brilliant. We're brilliant yeah. mother. We're brilliant people. Yeah, we're brilliant people. <laughs> yeah, actually, come on, let's agree. Uh, <laughs> y- 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 did your, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did your mother have a beautiful complexion as well? My mum, she did, actually. She had really my mum lived till she was 91, bless her. And did she um, look like you? Because you, you really no, have... No, I, like I look like my dad. Really? Yeah. I'm I mean, built like my dad and I've, I look like my dad. I mean, weren't you the Kate Moss of the 60s? Probably, yeah. Kate and I always laugh because I was... You know, if I'd have gone to a model agency in 66, they would have shown me the door because I was five foot six. I was, und, you know, under the measurements you have to be. I, You know, I was so skinny although you know I ate like a horse but I was just skinny so I wouldn't have been taken on and and Kate is five foot six six and a half and and tiny it's so funny that we I love we, Kate. oh she's amazing yeah amazing yeah. yeah I love that new um advert she's just done with the Kardashians oh with I haven't photo- seen that oh you've got to see that Ooh. oh oh is it wonderful yeah it's wonderful wonderful photograph. Oh, I'll have yeah. a look Anyway, let's get on to your book. Now, I've started it. Unfortunately, I only got it on, it arrived at my house in London on Friday. Yeah, I've got it. There it is. The, yeah, the, her heart, heart for, a, for compass. a compass. Yes, but Twiggy, don't worry because I shall. No, I sh- I sh- I've read the first two chapters and I'm hooked. <laughs> I know. I, I, I love the smell of a new book. I do. That's uh, what my, my stepson, Ace, always does that. When he opens a book, he smells it. He's yeah, always done that. I do. It's so funny. I do. But I was intro. So your publishers very kindly sent me the intro into the book and how. So it's based on a, a, a long lost relative of yours. Uh, yes, I decided that I wanted to know what my DNA was and why. Um, why I certainly had these um, extraordinary. Uh, belief system about integrity and honor and kindness and goodness. And I thought that it has to come from my own ancestry. And Mm -hmm. uh, so the BBC came to me and said, do you want to do, um, who do you think you are? You know, and I I did it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I said to Kate, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But actually when, as soon as I started thinking, well, this is quite fun. Um, and then I thought, well, hold on a minute. I've always wanted to write this novel about this fiery redhead set in 1870 because I'm passionate about that that period, the Victorian yeah. period. Um, so why don't I, in my research, write the book? And so then I really? found um, that my middle name's Margaret. So I decided I'd look for a Margaret. And I found a redheaded Lady Margaret Cameron. And wow. in finding her, she was my grandmother's, you know, niece or something and um great niece great great niece or something and in doing that I then thought "Ooh, I this is going to be a sizzling romance and I had her when it first started <laughs> I think I had her you know uh riding a, a stride instead of side saddle because that was so not done in those oh, oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, mm. and so then um I really got into it and and it was my escape route so uh when I went to Mills and Boone 
I love their their philosophy about escapism during World War II and things like that. And I thought to myself, well, this is what I've done with my own book. I've escaped into the pages of my own book. And it really makes me laugh, Twiggy, because people say, oh, you, you know, oh, how are you going to change it that she's wearing that? Or how are you going to change it she's doing that? I said, my book, I can do what I want. And, That's true. And then, and then, um, and then I started to really uh, love Lady Margaret to such a degree that I actually um, sort of morphed into her. And so during the pandemic, when I decided to really get her get into it, I every single day I would go through my own emotions and how I felt about lockdown, how I felt about how it made me want to crusade to the front line, to start my brew for a crew, to start all the things I do, to deliver all the packages to, to, oh my goodness, Lady Margaret would have done that. She would have, she would have, you know, gone into Hammersmith Hospital and Ramsey, who's a great surgeon there said, send me 600 hand creams by four o'clock tomorrow, the poor nurses. And so I'd ring all these people and say, get me the hand cream. I, uh, the Bayliss and Harding, for example, my Brilliant. friend Tanya, uh, I said, Tanya, I need, so she used to send pallets of hand creams and lovely things to the nurses. And, Aww. and I think Lady Margaret was like that. She in her, in her heart for a compass, it's about a very strong redhead who never gives up following the belief of her Sounds own. Sounds like somebody I know. Mm. <laughs> mm. So it's, Based on her, but this is not her actual life story. You've turned it into a yes, novel, correct? Yes, that's correct. So are there other real-life people in it, or is it all yes, the, 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 um, the, your imagination? No, there's a... There's all the the houses, all the history. Okay. It's really very true to history. Um, I've just fictionalised the characters. Oh, it must have been so much fun to research, oh, wasn't it? Oh, my heavens. Or oh, was it a nightmare? No, Twiggy, it's lovely. <laughs> but the, what's so funny is that I sort of, because, of course, it's all started with, with me studying my own DNA as to why I'm still standing yeah. when, you know, Rajar Kipling, when he writes... Um, if you can keep your head when all men doubt you and blame it on you. Yeah. And um, and I think you know, Twiggy, and you've been through your own grief, but I'm still here with sense of humour, happy, yeah. with long red hair, which is yeah. all in a bun at the moment. Beautiful but, red hair, I have to say. Thank you, Twiggy. But, I, you know, I'm still here. Now, why am I still here? And I st I'm still going through mental issues. I still go through self-doubt and self-sabotage and all those things. But yet I've got a friend in Lady Margaret now. And my book is about that. So so when you, I mean, I started this podcast as, when the um, pandemic began and it's really helped me through the last year and a half because we were isolating. I mean, I've got obviously Lee and I are together, so we had each other, but I couldn't see Carly. I couldn't see the kids, which was the hardest thing for me. I mean, it was like torturous. Because I would often, if I wasn't working, I'd be with Carly two, three times a week. Of course. And my grandchildren and helping. Because she she only had her baby three weeks before the pandemic started. So I got to meet Theo, but that wow. was it. And poor, poor Carly had no help then without Granny. No. Well, her husband, luckily right. he was at home. But, uh, you know, I would have been there much, much more. So, so for me, doing the podcast, it was something, you know, to... to concentrate on do my research and 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 talk to it started off you know ringing my friends and saying will you do it with me it'd be fun and 
And that's how it kind of grew. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's, and I say, and I'm sure writing the book through the pandemic must have helped you because you could immerse yourself into. I'm really proud of you doing this, Twiggy. Well done doing this because you've got a lot of. I was ever so scared. (laughs) But you've got a lot, you've got a lot of uh, followers. And um, how lovely to think that because of Lady Margaret, we're having a cup of tea today. I mean, don't you love that? I know. Don't you I love know, that? exactly. It, I do. It is. And it, it's actually, I, I mean, I started off with people I s- often see a lot. I mean, um, Joanna Lumley was my first. But I rang her up and said, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm, I'm really scared. Will you do it with me? Because, you know, I'd never done one before. And I had lovely Kobe, my producer, doing all the technicals. And, and once I started... How did you find Kobe? My agent because my agent rang and said there have been people asking if you want to do a podcast and he put me oh, together amazing. with Kobe and and it's funny because Kobe and I have only met online <laughs> how extraordinary well we love Kobe well we, we need love a Kobe, Kobe. And, he's, and he's had a baby in the time so I know his little Milo has come along and I mean it's so weird it's it's just really nice to be able to to meet a kindred spirit um who's today and to be with Kobe and and to have a very gentle discussion because you know full well don't you Twiggy that I am mm-hmm. deeply I'm deeply very gentle um I have oh, to have I know very Absolutely. strong and I yeah and that's why when I when I decided to do the podcast I didn't want because I know you know I'm usually at the other end of being interviewed or chatting yeah. and I know that I didn't want to put my friends and people I admire through anything that I wouldn't want to go through. Mm. And what's happened, because you're just chatting with people, and I get such lovely feedback because you hear you hear things from people that you've never heard before because you're just chatting. Yeah, it, You know, they're promoting things sometimes. Sometimes they're not. It's just talking about life in general and happy things and sad things and and just how everyone at the beginning we were all talking about how we're getting through the you know this awful lockdown and helping each other really yeah it's been wonderful for me I have to say and I've got to talk to and some people I'd, I've never met you know I, I, I was a huge fan of Rufus Wainwright I don't know whether you know him he's a mu- musician in America he's brilliant and I knew he had a new album coming out so we wrote to him to see if he'd do it and he said yes <laughs> Oh my goodness! I think and it was so exciting. I think we should have our own radio show together, Twiggy. Oh, that'd be brilliant, Fergie, Fergie and Twiggy. <laughs> that'd be hysterical. Or maybe it's Twiggy Fergie for the first time. <laughs> for the first time, they won't say "fat frumpy Fergie," which they have always done before. Oh, oh they yeah, but you know, that's that's a whole other area of people that we. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. I mean, I I got it in the neck too a lot. You know, I got blamed for making girls anorexic and which I you know I that was not what no. I was about I just happened to be skinny I mean I just yeah, I know. you know I know so I do know and, and and that hurt on the other end of it you know it was like I was being blamed for something that didn't exist and I you know and I was really shy and really insecure and so when you're that tender you know I was so young as you were you know and it, it it's just Cruel. So I knew when I did my podcast, that's not the way I wanted to go. It wasn't about shocking people or taunting people. It was about having a nice, friendly chat over a cup of tea. (laughs) A cuppa. A good old cuppa.
you were great friends, I know. And I, again, if you don't want to talk about it, but I just, I was, when I was reading your bug and saying how, how close you were to lovely Princess Diana, who again, I got to meet twice. And she was so gorgeous and so lovely. And I know you were really, really close friends. And you talk about her with such love. And 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 I love you said somewhere I read that you you just think, you know, think she's still around and and that she's with you, which is lovely. Yeah, I mean, I think the humor and the laughter and the love of friends is 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 exactly um, what we've always had. And uh, if she, if Diana would be here now, she would be so proud of her grandchildren and uh, and and their sons and their wives and and um i yeah i adored every every bit of her and she was my uh she was so my best friend and just adored her and i just loved the way she loved me she always used to say wear turquoise more fergie wear turquoise and uh <laughs> she was just a she was just a she was just a very uh special lady that also didn't realize uh how everybody loved her she she didn't know yeah and how know. magical how magical yeah. she was yeah i agree yeah. i know when i met her she was so she was so kind of sweet and almost shy in a way and we got to chat and she was talking about her boys and i was talking about my kids yeah. it was just it was I just think so she, i think she's i think she was shy yeah i think she was yeah, I think there was, I think actually most people, well, not most people, but I was always incredibly shy. And yet what happened to me happened. I mean, and I certainly was probably more shocked than, it, <laughs> than anyone else. But you learn, you learn to deal with it and you learn to get through it as, you know, and, and as you have. I mean, God, you were thrust into public life and and the press and and but you do learn to deal with it don't you I think you? um I think you uh, have to understand the platform that I was put on um was was such a, a, an extraordinary lucky place for me 23rd of July 1986 was the most blessed day of my life I married a, a wonderful fabulous prince and a man and a sailor mm-hmm. and a very good looking one too which helps enormously and um <laughs> and then and then you're on the public stage and for me and that's why I wanted to do this book and look at the dna because i really felt very strongly that it was like i was meant to be there that i was meant that that i was mm-hmm. meant to carry on and that i loved my love my role uh, as a public figure, and I really enjoyed doing it and going to uh, meet these extraordinary people. And I was so excited and and uh, not complacent at all with such a huge honour. And so I really see it that it wasn't just a case of being famous. It was a case of this is my honour to do what I'm going to do. But you are, like I was, thrust onto the world stage almost overnight, aren't you? Yes, you are. And you're absolutely right to how, how old were you? 24. You, yeah, see, I was 16. Yeah. And so suddenly from, you know, being known in your circle, like I was known my friends and my family, to suddenly being known worldwide. Yeah. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, very. When you think about it. Very weird. You know, when we go, often when we used to go on holiday, Lee used to say, oh, for God's sake, where can we go in the world where nobody <laughs> recognises you? When did you marry Lee? We got married in 1988. 
So we've been together 36 years. Like an adult, 36 years. Wow. It's incredible. No, we've been together. Actually, we've been together 36 years. We've been married 33. I remember Lee very well. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good I got guy. lucky. I, I mean, I had about, you know, my first marriage was not a happy, well, it began happy and I had my gorgeous girl, so I don't regret it. Going back to that point um, the, about the public stage, it is, it is, I was thrust in it earlier when um, Diana went to start it. So it must have been about, Diana was seven, 16, 17. So it was 18. I was 18. Because that I was out there, not just as the friend, but then I got um, then in, I was twenty four, twenty five when it, with Prince Andrew, and from that day forward to now, I always believe that you started this podcast during the pandemic. I've written a book. I think it's just in our blood that if you're thrust into the public stage, it's very much your sense of duty, your civic duty to what you believe is right. And I think you've obviously brought Carly up like that. And I think that's why I love it. I love what I do, but I do think my father was right when he said, make sure the kitchen is more important than the dining room table. Make sure the man who's driven you to the party, make sure you know his name and make sure you thank him for a lovely drive. Make sure you know the name of the man who opens the door for you at the hotel. And I I believe very, very firmly that in my DNA is that is, is that belief system that you're really, we're all the same, really. And what we must do is bring a smile. But don't you also think what you put out, you get back? I mean, if, I think if you're kind to people, most of the time, you do get kind. I, I like to believe that anyway. Triggy, I can tell you, I started um, ambassadorship for the Kindness Foundation um, th- during the pandemic. And uh, they have a thing called KQ which you have EQ, IQ Uh and KQ. And what we want to do is bring KQ into um, primary education and into schools that every child has to take the KQ test to bring kindness as the number one word in schools from a very early age. And I think your question was, do, do you believe by being kind you get kindness back? It's my mantra, the the wonderful poem by Mother Teresa, where she says, if people are unkind, be kind anyway. You know, always that sense of turning it around to joy and turning it around yeah. to... That's, hard, that's harder to do because if somebody's not nice to me, it, I, there's a streak in me that I can equally not be very nice back, but I would never instigate it, if yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Oh, no. But then I think that's that's being strong and, and oh, protecting no. Oh, yourself. Oh no, that's quite right. Oh no, and you're very yes. strong. I can, you know, I can. We tell don't you're get it. We're not pushovers, Twiggy. Who knew? Who knew? Not me. <laughs> and, and of course, also because we can see people coming a mile away, can't we? Oh, absolutely. Can sniff them out. <laughs> The other thing I didn't realise that you did, which is brilliant, you were one of the producers on Young Victoria, the film. Was that your idea? It was, Twiggy. Thank you so much. I love that film. When Andrew went to sea in 1986, for I saw him uh, 40 days a year for the first five years of our marriage. Oh, my <laughs> God, that's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. 
Um, oh. And uh, so I decided that with this wonderful man who's called Michael Timms, and he used to stay late. And we were at the palace, as a nice throwaway line at the palace. <laughs> and I was on, on the second floor, very, very sort of missing Andrew dreadfully. And uh, and he said, oh. uh, come on, let's go around the palace. So we, he used to take me on guided tours at late at night, around, well, not that late, I mean, seven o'clock when everyone had gone home. Yeah, yeah. And we went round the palace and we found all these beautiful little doors and paintings and all this fantastic wealth of um. of such history. Um, so I decided to write two history books about Queen Victoria and Albert. And I realised the love story was so immense that I then took it to Hollywood. And that took me 15 years to make into a movie. But that that was my idea. Wow. And I produced it with um, Martin Scorsese and Graham King. And Julian Fellows wrote the script. And uh, It was such a gorgeous... Can you still... Can people still get it if they want to watch it? What's it on? One of the Netflix. It's on Netflix. Actually, I'm going to watch it again because I loved it. Emily Blunt, right, played Queen Victoria. Didn't it win lots of awards? Uh, yeah, it won an Oscar for Best Costume and uh, up for Golden Globes. And uh, I, I, I tell you why I was... Uh, so interesting Twiggy because nobody really knows except you and people like you that I did it and so uh, uh, when the, the double decker bus went by um, with Emily Blunt as Victoria on the bus I stood on the pavement and for any American <laughs> who's listening it's called the sidewalk and I stood there and as the bus <laughs> went by I did a high five and I went yes yes but but nobody yes. nobody saw so so that's why it's really more about what getting it out of my head because I thought it was so important to sh to tell the romance and that's why her heart for a compass. I hope I hope that after this podcast, Twiggy, that it can be made into a Brit next Bridgerton. I say, I mean, I, I'm I'm only in uh, chapter two, as I say, because I only got it on late Friday. But this, when I started reading it and, and when she leaves the party, you know, at the beginning, I'm, I'm dying to know where she goes. But uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this has got to be a, a miniseries or a movie. Well, but you know what? I love that you said that because you, you've exactly got the, the point. When I was there, I thought, no, 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 I need this book to be Pride and Prejudice meets uh, 24. You remember with Kiefer Sutherland in 24. And so it has to oh, be yes. a complete the the thriller. Yeah, so so, thriller so when element. you actually got it when she runs out of the party and then trips over and then what happens? And goes through the gate like oh my god! Well, I'll I'm, I'll get onto that tonight, but <laughs> they won't be able to hold me down. I'm a very slow reader, so because uh, I like to take it in, but I read all the time. It's Good one of you. my passions, so I'm really look. This this lasts me a couple of months. I usually re I read at night before I go to sleep, and uh, usually I usually read two or three chapters a night. Wow! I'm sorry, I've read, I've given you such a big book to read. No, actually, I lo I love it when it's big books. I love it. But Twiggy, what what is fun for you is each each line you read, you'll go, I know that girl. I know that because you'll you'll see you'll hear my voice. But that's what must be lovely. I'm and I'm not I'm not a writer. I'm you know I can scribble bits, but 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 other authors I've spoken to say there's always a little bit of them in yes. there somewhere, which I'm. I don't think you can stop that happening, probably because it's it's you, isn't it?
The other thing I want to ask you, because I ask everyone, did, did you have a special person in your earlier life, either at school or later, like a mentor, a teacher? or? I actually really agree with you. Because I went through so much pain when I was um, with losing mum, uh, I, I lost my way and I became deeply, deeply insecure. I kept asking everybody for advice and and I never, never trusted my own judgment of myself. And, um, and I suppose it wasn't until, um, I, I've got my lovely ex-husband, but lovely Andrew, that he always believes in me and always did believe in me. Uh, oh, but the real person lovely. is, is of course, and I, I, I know this sounds so weird, Twiggy, to say it, but my greatest mentor and belief person who believes in me is the Queen and has never faltered. And I absolutely, I, I admire the incredible way that that Her Majesty is so modern. I know, ninety five and so modern, and how and how flexible, and how understanding, and how forgiving, and how generous. No, she's she's. I, I I've met her a couple of times, and she's always charming yes. and gracious and. And she's humble. an extraordinary woman. And, extraordinary. And, I know. And, and I think to myself that, honestly, uh, my mother-in-law has been more of a mother f- to me than my mother. And oh. so that is the greatest, I, I, I absolutely think there is no greater um, mentor because to the day that when I'm from a little girl to now, the consistency of Her Majesty has been a great honour. So it's a huge honour. Oh, makes me want to cry. So lovely, because that's such a you know we we as the public only see her her public side. So to hear that from somebody who's within her private life mm-hmm. is I'm lovely. Very blessed, very very blessed. I'm very blessed. Yeah. I'm every single day. I say that. By the way, I wake up and say that every day. Do your girls live quite near you? They live uh, in London. You don't have to say where they live. <laughs> no, they, they, live do, they live in London. <laughs> I've always, because I was brought up on a farm, I love to hear the birds sing. And so during the pandemic, yeah. um, of course, you heard them sing even louder. And and then um, <laughs> and then I love at six o'clock or seven o'clock with the wood pigeon says goodnight. And he makes that little <laughs> noise of a wood pigeon going. And uh, yesterday was very sweet because um, Eugenie sent me a voice note of the wood pigeon where she was saying goodnight. And I thought, how kind oh, and sweet is that? Oh, yeah. how sweet. So That's lovely. So lovely. Well, listen, you've been so lovely to come on and chat to me. I'm, I'm thrilled to kind of get back to saying hello to you, you know. Let's do that. Let's do I, it. I, well, <laughs> as, you, as, you were t- as you were talking, um, Twiggy, I've made a note to get in touch and get you and Lee over here. Oh, that'd uh, be lovely. And have a cup of tea in real life. And then you could bring Joni. Oh, that'd be fun. And we'd wander around the garden and see the little house and see all the puppies. I've got puppies. (gasps) Oh. Yes. Then Mm -hmm. you're on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. And um, good luck with the book. Thank you. I can, I can, having only just got into it, but I can recommend it. You will be hooked within chapter two. I'm away. I (laughs) I can't wait for the journey I'm going on. Listen, if people want to get the tea because it's it's delicious, I hear, and the biscuits, um, and it's for really good charity. 
So where can people get hold of it? <laughs> You're so kind. Uh, well, that's so kind of you. Yeah, but because uh, we did uh, brew for a crew and Duchess Collection Tea uh, because, you know, it's so British to have a cup of tea and a biscuit, isn't it? Yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, so I thought, well, if we could do a cup of tea and a biscuit and people are making a brew for the crew, um, they can feel that they're doing something to help this country and all the, the frontline workers. So you can get it on duchesscollection.com. Perfect. I think, I think you can, can't you? What is it? Yes. And, <laughs> yes. and also through sarahstrust.org. And it's very, very exciting. And and I'm just, just thrilled to be able to share share it. And I have heard the caramel biscuits are so good. Ooh, caramel biscuits. So right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we'll get together soon. We will. And um, thank you again for joining me. It's been a joy. Uh, no, and I, good luck with the book. I'm very much lost for words at how great you look. It's oh, good. thank you. But Twiggy, you've inspired me because I I now think that it's that I can if I can look like you at 71, I'll be just like rocking. Oh, you. well, that's very sweet. I I'm proud. I'm pr- quite proud of my wrinkles. <laughs> they're there for a reason. There aren't any wrinkles. <laughs> there, oh, there <laughs> there are. I'm sitting by a very big window. <laughs> no, you look fantastic. God's lighting. God's lighting. Anyway, have a lovely rest of the day and um, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Ah, what a lovely lady. And don't forget, her book's out now, so go and grab one, Her Heart for a Compass. And I hope you enjoyed the chat too. I did. See you next time. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy. Or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.